This is JFM Podcast. Good morning to you. It's another beautiful Monday morning. And uh, my name is Zoe Machunga. I am your anchor. This is the flagship program of the Morning J, a political and current affairs program. Let's talk. It is one minute past the hour of 9 a.m. And today is Monday, November 29, 2021. With that being said, as so much has been going on, uh, not just uh, in Nigeria, but on the plateau, uh, we thought we were going to have a smooth uh, weekend. Well, at least here at home. Uh, until uh, the news broke of uh, the prison attack uh, that took place yesterday, uh, would I say evening-ish, early evening? Well, uh, I just spoke, I just got off the phone now with the uh, PPRO for the correctional service right here on the plateau. That is uh, the person of Mr. Jeff Y. Longdiem, the PRO uh, correction service. And uh, he said uh, he's busy, even though, of course, yesterday he promised that he would be on this program with me. And um, uh, too bad, uh, he said he's busy right now and they're about to do head counts. I suppose to ascertain, uh, you know, the, the, the number of prisoners, uh, if any escape, and um, to find out you know, if the same prisoners who are in there are the same people uh, who were in there earlier because we heard rumors uh, that uh, some, of the, uh, pre- some of the attackers joined the prisoners and that uh, we would have loved indeed uh, for Mr. Jeffrey Longdem to you know, throw some light on this issue. But be that as it may, uh, we will not be having him on the program, still expecting other guests. Uh, but right here in the studio with me, I have... Uh, a consultant and family physician, former NMA chairman, Plateau State. That is the person of Dr. Daniel Meshak. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Daniel. Thank you very much. Good morning, listener. Uh, it's been a while. I think the last time we spoke, you were at the West African College of um, Medical Physi- something physicians physician that you yeah. that you attended. How did that go? Well, it went well. Thank mm. God for that. Okay, so so when when doctors uh, in West oh uh, doctors in West Africa actually meet, yeah, well, we okay. do meet. <laughs> and when uh, did that meeting hold? No, usually it holds uh, once in a year. We move around the different West African countries. Amazing. And so this last one was in Gambia. Wow. The next one will be in Ghana. You know that's how we keep moving around the West African countries. Mm. You know, and so it's just for doctors, uh, physicians within the West African region to come together and discuss how to improve uh, training and capacity building for their members and then also how to improve the health of uh, the West African region. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. We'll see if we have time to dig into any new things that are happening, you know, in the health-wise in West Africa. But mm. um, let, let's start with this. There are a couple of issues that we will be touching on this morning. Uh, but we have seen that there is a new COVID-19 strain. Uh, concerns continue to mount. Uh, also over planned visit of Ramaphosa. Uh, today, just this morning in the news, we saw that Nigeria stands with South Africa saying that we should not discriminate. And, well, uh, there are concerns over uh, the new variant uh, and uh, are we having another health emergency we're wondering and um, how important is it now to to strike a balance uh, you know between pre caution and being alert and we've also seen some European countries US also have banned flights coming from South Africa uh, and uh, all of that so can you can you just throw some light on this new strain are we going to see COVID-19 what is the future of COVID-19 it looks like it's never going to stop once it starts a new baby comes out of it and a new baby comes out of it is there a way to stop this mutation well uh, COVID-19 is one disease that really has uh, really been given uh, a serious headache to the public health community globally and this is because of um, the behavior of this uh, uh, disease however in terms of getting uh, seeing new variants, it, there's nothing new in terms of that because um, we expect that is the natural characteristics of viruses is that they keep evolving and mutations could occur. And when viruses occur, there are three things that we are concerned with. Mm. The first thing we are concerned with is the transmissibility of that virus. How can contagious is it? How easily can it spread from one person to another? You know. Then secondly, we are concerned about the severity. This virus, when it changes some of its properties, or when there's a mutation, is it going to cause a more severe disease or is it going to cause a mild disease? So that's our concern. And then the third thing we are concerned about is the effectiveness of this virus. Effectiveness, effectiveness in, in terms of if there is a vaccine, is it the vaccine still going to be effective against this new strand or variant of the virus? Or if there are drugs or medicines for the treatment of these viruses, is it still going to be effective? Or if there are Test, diagnostic test for this virus, is it going to be effective? So for Omicron uh, virus, uh, it was just uh, on the 26th of November that World Health Organization classified as a virus of concern. Mm. And there are so many things that we are yet to understand. Right now, we are yet to ascertain, to confirm based on evidence whether it is highly transmissible. That means it's more contagious. But what we are seeing is that there seems to be an increase in the number of cases like in South Africa. The number of new cases is on the increase. But we cannot say that it is solely due to this <coughs> variant. It could be due to other variants so mm-hmm. until there is a proper research which is ongoing. And so, also, in terms of the severity, right now, there's still, there still scientists at the WHO level and all over the world are still looking at the evidence to ascertain whether it's more severe or not. And then also it, its effects on the diagnostic test and the vaccine too. Mm. There's still research. So for me, I feel that there's a bit of politics 
in the way the Western world quickly went ahead to uh, impose uh, sanction or travel restriction mm. on I South just Africa. Going to say, and, and, uh, and I, I think, think that the travel restrictions are yeah, necessary because it is discouraging people. Because when it happened, when it first started in mm. China, mm. the whole world was not happy with China because mm. China was not forthcoming initially with uh, evidence with sharing you know, all the information they have about the virus. And so people were not happy. But South Africa was quick mm. to share it. We should and, commend them for yeah, something. And we're not even sure whether this thing started in South Africa. It might be that the South Africa were the first, to, uh, you know, to diagnose it. Mm. But we can't be certain that it even started. So there will be some sort of molecular epidemiology to ascertain the origin of this uh, virus. So I feel that at this point, we need solidarity you know, all over the world in fighting this disease. Mm. And, uh, and I think that we'll continue to say that people need to continue to adhere to those non-pharmaceutical preventive measures like using the face mask, especially when you're in the public, uh, wash your hands, keep uh, social distancing, you know, of at least two meters, you know, and we'll continue to emphasize that. And then vaccine also is something that will continue because vaccine has uh, the tendency to reduce the severity of new infection and even prevent new infection so mm. we still but but yes that means you're advising that um we should we shouldn't uh, take travel restrictions serious then is that what you're saying no, I, i'm saying that it's based on evidence it's early too early mm. to impose those kind of travel restrictions because let me well, tell you know you, how porous our borders are yeah they are but right now what we need to do is to adhere to those measures that have been helpful to us mm. because the problem is that if you're quick to impose travel restriction you know it has adverse effect on the economy and we know like nigeria right now honestly when you look at the data when you try to even predict the future you know that the signs are not good and part of the reason could be attributed to COVID-19. So I don't think that for us, especially countries in Africa, we are feeling the devastating effects on our livelihoods and our economy. So I don't think that is the first thing to do. Mm. Let's even ascertain evidence first. Let's take decisions based on evidence, not based on uh, fear, mm. you know, and emotions. No, we should take it okay, based on question, evidence. one um, question before we move on. Uh, people have felt like, you know, with Africa, it hasn't been so severe or maybe the case are underreported i'm not sure you know so why this um stress for everyone to get vaccinated people still do not feel i mean i was watching uh this uh news yesterday and the guy was saying that uh, a white guy he was saying that he knows that um if vaccines were made in africa or in nigeria people would probably trust it more so what can we do about that okay yeah you're vaccine, right in saying that yes we apathy. didn't see most of the numbers that were seen in the western world mm. but even in Nigeria, in Africa, in Plateau, people have died with COVID-19. COVID-19 has killed people. The problem is that we don't know who this COVID-19 is going to kill. So why not prevent it? And even if it is one person who died, dies from this disease, then it is a serious problem. Mm -hmm. And so we need to take it serious uh, in terms of that. But then we also know that there's nothing new. There have been epidemics or pandemics in the past, and we know the role that vaccines have played. And so vaccine remains our best bet to returning back to a normal way of life. Mm. Unfortunately, the issue of trust came in. And mm. in fact, from a study that was done, it shows that countries that you find out there is high trust deficit between the citizens and the government tend to record high number of distrust for vaccines. Hmm. So we saw we saw anti-vaxxers in France. Yeah. That's a place where people do not trust their governments yeah, very so the much. Background, then. It, you know, you could also relate it to performance of government and how people perceive their mm. government. 
you know so that has made it difficult for the public health uh, workers mm. they are not politicians people in public health are not politicians but unfortunately they have been affected by what is happening within the political space you know and so it's it's quite unfortunate <laughs> mm. yeah all right well don't we just wish that we had a vaccine against insecurity i'm sure people will not hesitate so much to take it yeah. <laughs> and uh, i also have in the studio with me davison mallison he's a national publicity secretary irigui development Association, and I also have with me Deborah Manasse Esquire, our wonderful lawyer. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you very much, Joey. Oh. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, no, no problem. Morning, I mean, Zoe. lives and properties destroyed on a progressive basis and manner uh, has become staple news that we wake up to uh, in this country. At Tegbe, village of Miango district of Rigwe Chiefdom in Basa, local government uh, area of Plateau State, was attacked uh, by military in the wee hours of about 1 a.m. of uh, Friday, November 26, 2021. Uh, Mr. Mallison, can you throw some light on this issue uh, for us? Um, Basa has been in the news for a very long time now, and unfortunately, uh, it's mostly bloodshed. It's heartbreak. It's tears and sorrow. What's uh, going on? Uh, good morning, Zoe. It's my pleasure to be here once again to talk about... Uh, uh, issues that have to do with BASA and insecurity at large. Uh, we want to start on this note uh, to commiserate with the people of Rigue Nation over the attack that was launched on them on Friday, uh, November 26th, where we lost uh, 10 persons in that particular attack, uh, share in our pains and our griefs and our sorrow. May God uh, comfort the entire Rigue nation over that loss. Uh, you said something here. Basa has been in the news for long. And on what cause has Basa has been on the news for long? Insecurity. Uh, it is not far-fetched from what you have actually you know, attributed uh, that uh, the insecurity in Basa is actually uh, getting out of hand. I want to uh, make a, a preamble of what uh, happened on that uh, uh, Friday, 26th uh, November 2021. Uh, people of Tegbe uh, community, uh, residents and inhabitants were uh, peacefully asleep, where uh, Fulani uh, terrorists uh, came in their number you know, uh, launch an attack on them, uh, kill 10 people on that very day. Hmm. An attack uh, lasted for almost two hours. Uh, about 114 houses were destroyed. Hmm. Uh, 57 food bands made up of newly uh, harvested crops were shattered, burnt down to ashes. You know, on that same day, you know, over 40 uh, farm crops were destroyed as well. The same community, you know, this is quite disheartening, worrisome, and perturbing. One will begin to ask, why uh, Irigui? Why uh, a Basa local government? This is not really uh, a far-fetched from the things we have been saying. It is a calculated and an orchestrated plan to completely 
you know, and forcefully evict uh, Rigwe people from their ancestral land. And again, uh, apart from that, they want to wipe out the entire Rigwe race on earth. Mm. These are the factors behind or factors motivating the attackers okay let, let, let's let, let me let's let me throw this in now you said there were fulanis was anyone arrested for you to know uh the particular tribe of this persons now uh, uh security agents have said they are on it they are working our modalities to see that uh, the perpetrators are apprehended but then you you asked whether the identity of these people have been made known i want to say on record before that particular attack on friday on tuesday 23rd of that same week enter village was attacked two persons were ambushed and killed in their farms so one will begin to ask questions you know the identity just like you said we've had voice notes you know particularly in august 2nd when a village called jebumiango was completely sacked they wrote on the on the roads they wrote on the walls that we have finished Rugwe people it is us fulani and we have voice notes of funds they cut it away after killing people calling and saying they are coming back to attack Rigwe people and it is them fulani you informed security of course most of these voice notes and evidences are there with them even in some of our press releases we have submitted names of suspected fulani haters that have been perpetrating this act because prior to some of the attack you know they come to grace in some of the areas and when they are told to desist from such areas they make threatening statements they make okay, threatening so, words so how did they come about living in these communities where they live they took permission from someone or some people or some head or somebody in, in was in control now we don't have fulani headsmen in our locality now they, they are come, not indigenous to Basa local government. No, in Iriguelan. Mm. But they're not resident there as we speak. So they come from other neighboring communities to come and graze mm. on our land. And then when they are told to stop, it becomes a point of threat by them. Mm. And after threat, the next thing you're going to experience is an attack. an attack and the security forces are aware of this particular um, 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 uh, pattern of course like i said even on some of our press releases we have penned down names of suspects to the security agents Hmm. So do you think perhaps it's time they take um, security to the mountains and, you know, all those crevices where they seem to be hiding? Or are they even hiding at all? Now, this boils down to uh, this uh, a trend. It, this is even a national issue. I think in your studio here, I make mention that there are some places that if not properly checked, you know, the activities of terrorists living in such places will not even have an effect on only regulation mm. only plateau state but nigeria as a whole you know one could begin to attribute even the uh uh the uh, breaking of uh, just correctional center to some of these places there are hideouts 
there are camps that these people live. For instance, in Mahanga, there is a mountain in uh, near Rafiki called Malarabandere. We have said the activities of Fulani headsmen should be checked in those places. We have raised alarm that even at some point in time, these people bring in mercenaries, keep them there, and then be disseminating them to places they want them to attack. We say the security agents and even the government should take proper action on such places, yet we have not seen any sign. So the activities of such people in such areas will not only, like I say, have an effect on Rigue, but if not properly curtailed at this early stage, the tendency for them to escalate the perpetration of their evil acts will be something that we will not even bear on the plateau and Nigeria. So something should be done in a haste and without any form of delay. All right. So um, what is it exactly you feel these attackers want from Uruguayland? And on your own part, are you sure there's nothing like cattle rustling? These are not reprisal attacks and um, anything else? Could it be anything else besides they perhaps wanting your land? What is it that they want from us? Nothing short of our land, our ancestral land, a land that was beautifully bequeathed by our forefathers. Secondly, to forcefully take over what rightly belongs to us. Again, to completely wipe us away from the earth. Again, to subject us to absolute poverty, render us homeless. All right, but we've heard also the governor has come out to say that uh, when it comes to land grabbing, some law has been passed and that nobody has filed any case concerning that. Let's let's hear from you, uh, Deborah Manasse, Esquire. Um, the, the issue, from a legal perspective, how, yes. how does one acquire land? Well, the, it's very, very clear. It is a constitutional matter that is backed by that followed the, the constitutional matter that is also backed by the Land Use Act. Now, to acquire land, mm -hmm, go on. To, to acquire land, <coughs> the procedure is very, very clear. First of all, if the land, usually land is, um, is owned by what is known as customary owners. The customary owners are those people who have that land by history. Devol devol devolving from one uh, grandparent to another to another up to the present generation. Okay. Now, in any instance where a person who is not a customary owner wishes to acquire a land in a particular setting, he will approach the owners of that customary land. Even though by the Land Use Act, all lands in Plateau State belong to the government, so to speak. But the customary owners, you would approach the customary owner and you would negotiate. The government will come in when you begin to talk about documents of title. That is where the government comes in. Because even the government cannot forcefully take land from customary owners. Mm -hmm. Because there is a provision for acquisition of land for public purpose. So if even the government, when the government wants to acquire a land in a particular setting, it will have to go through the customary owners. And then pay what is known as compensation. So, but the challenge, the challenge here is this. These people that are, that are perpetrating this attack 
have not necessarily, as they eject people, they have not gone yet. It has not reached that level. We are seeing that that is where it is going, but it has not reached there yet. But as we speak right now in Uruguay land, no Fulani has, is yet to capture a place and live there. Okay. Do you understand? Mm. No, no Fulani is yet. So what they are doing clearly is criminal. That is prohibited by various legal provisions, both federal and at state level. So it, is, it actually behoves on the government to take the necessary steps in order to douse that carnage that has continued to happen. This is, this is November. Mm. In, 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 in August, we woke up to the sad news of the, the Jebubasa completely burned. There are just a few houses standing as I speak to you now. I was there yesterday. Very well. You, you could see and that one there great there. effect this is having is uh, there were little kids there who could not read or write and at that yeah. age they and, should and, be legible. And, 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 and Kangyan was taking care of some of those children mm. in Jebu. She was giving her home to take care of some of those children to teach them how to read. She taxed it uh, Miango Reads. Jebu Miango mm. Reads. Mm. She was doing very well, giving her home. There was a time she allowed for, for she called for volunteers to make their hair, you know, bab them for free as She's what even planning give. to do that again. So, but all, that, that village has been sacked as we speak. And then how many months down the line hmm. it has happened again? So like he said, there are voice notes. You know, while, while, they are, while the government will continue to say it is unknown government, one of the things that you would do as a key ingredient to investigation is to go to the root yeah. where the thing has happened. When, when the village is, is, is sacked, it is not everyone in the village that dies. The attack of 26 killed how many people? 10 people. But we have four people that are hospitalized. And then there are some that were not reached by this attack. So investigation would allow the investigators to go to the root and then to speak to these people who are eyewitnesses to this event. It is the gathering of this fragment of information from eyewitnesses that will help the government to arrive at unraveling the, the identity of the people perpetrating. Obviously, from, from the handwriting on the wall, this is not about to stop. It will not stop on its own. And coming on, on, on social media or conventional media to say we condemn this in the, in the strongest of terms and we promise that the perpetrators will be brought to book and all of that, mm. you know, that has become a cliche in, in, our, in our country is not saving anyone. Lives are just continually lost. The youngest that died, that lost his life in that attack was mm. four years four old, year. followed mm. by a six-year-old. Followed by an eight-year-old. Mm. These are family members of the same family. Mm. So have have uh, have you had any meeting with maybe some of the Fulani communities around you? And when attacks like this happen, do they even come to commiserate with you and maybe condemn the acts and let you know that they are not a part of it? Do you have meetings like that? Uh, of course, we, we've had uh, several meetings together with the Fulani you know, uh, as a way of uh, uh, ending uh, these whole uh, things that have been happening. But I want to say on record 
uh, the Fulani man does not know what peace is all about. He's not damn ready for peace. That is the truth. Like well, I that's said, stereotyping because many times they've come on this program. I, 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 I am coming. I am mm. coming. You know, this particular 26th November attack, they came out with a statement debunking that they were not the ones who who carried out that attack they mm. debunked mm. so what are we saying when we have evidences when we have things on record to so, show and to what prove. would you like um, um the state government to do or the security forces i mean have you also let have you guys also let them know that you don't want them on your i I, I was coming to have that you, 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 you talk about meeting i want mm. to address a certain point here you know like in the aspect of having dialogues and meetings i want to affirm why i said these people are not them ready for peace in almost all the meetings we've had after such meetings they launch an attack hmm. they launch an attack either by ambush or in a community that is to tell you that they are not ready for peace for instance on the 11th of june we had a meeting with them at the sector three command after that meeting on sunday they kill uh, they kill one of us at dong on the 5th of july we had a meeting with them in basa local government secretariat the deputy chairman yeti allah was there ardo and other fulani leaders were there but what happened after that meeting they signaled some of their men they laid ambush on the district heads of miango who was together with a traditional title holders traditional title holder with his scribe and they laid ambush on them and one of them sustained a gunshot injury now why and where and how can we place them that these people are ready for peace on the part of government like she rightly pointed out it is beyond just coming out to make statements condemnation saying uh we condemn this in the strongest time the security personnel have been you know urged to go after the perpetrators and ensure that the perpetrators are brought to book where is the book since what year since which year where is the book even if there was a book this book by now is supposed to have been filled up with names and people that have been so we, what we are saying is that we want action action that goes beyond just words mm. action that goes beyond rhetorics okay, action so if, that goes if, if they were to, by reflection if they were to make some arrests and some prosecution is it okay for them to still be on the land which the, land which uh, land where they, where they stay to graze the issue See, they, uh, let me sorry they they are not in our land like i said they're just grazing they're just grazing. now let me buttress one mm. point here after the attacks of uh august now and that of yelwazangam sector uh, operation safe heaven commander and who doubled as the goc third armor division inaugurated a 30 man uh, 36 man committee this committee is made up of people from three local government areas just not basa and just south that have been affected by this fulani hitman attack now that committee worked and came out with a 94 pages 
resolutions, the documents submitted to them. Hmm. Now, in that committee, certain recommendations were made, like they should stop, Fulani Heather should stop grazing hmm. in all the affected communities. There shouldn't be residential grazing. Places that have been attacked should for now be avoided. Hmm. Now, again, we talked about justice. They talk we, in that committee. A certain portion has been said that justice, government, and security agencies should ensure that justice is justice is served. Now that boils down to the grazing question you asked. So, if that committee that was made up, the Fulani were part of that committee, mm. and that recommendation was meticulously taken. So, what are we saying? Aren't they supposed to be avoiding those places? Hmm. Well, I'm extending an invitation uh, to the Mayeti Allow, the Magban Association. I know most of your ex have my number. If you would like to uh, respond uh, to all of this and perhaps also uh, bring your solutions concerning this matter, because, I mean, the town is bleeding. Uh, it's, it's, it's taking us backwards. It's hurting the community. I can't imagine um, the same people or types of people who attack you uh, still come back again the next day grazing. I mean, it, it leaves some kind of trauma See, to the let, mind, let, me, let me even say know? that. There was a meeting we had with the uh, immediate uh, commissioner of police that have been redeployed. At that meeting, the commissioner of police was, was quite disheartened. And he said exactly what you said. He said, why will you attack a community and the next day hey, you you're know, coming it's, to grace, even it's, in their houses? How do you expect them to feel? The trauma, hmm. how do you expect them to feel? But you see, the thing is, if a committee was set, which was set actually, in order to look into this matter, and then to bring... And both parties were present. Yes. They agreed to the now, resolutions. First yes. Of all, First of all, let us not forget that the identity of these perpetrators has not been uncovered officially. Mm. So sometimes when you call for meetings and you have the Fulani in, a, Fulanis in attendance, you have the Rigwe people in attendance, you have the Biron people in attendance, <coughs> you have the Naraguta people in attendance, sometimes it is, it is like you are just doing an academic exercise hmm. because first of all they have not accepted that they are responsible mm. that is the first point of hmm. duty the second thing to look at acceptance yes very the important first point is acceptance if we unravel the identity of these people it is easy to deal with them if we accept that these are the people it is easy to deal with them that's the first but because it has not been accepted it is easy to attack and then come back to grace. Now, the second point you would look at is now that the meeting has been had and there is reasonable suspicion, there is reasonable suspicion. Mm. In law, suspicion does not is nothing. It's just something to work on in order to get to the conclusion. So it's a means to an end, not mm. an end in itself. Now, if there is a reasonable suspicion that the perpetrators of this carnage are the Fulanese, that is where the recommendation would come in, that they should avoid these areas that have been affected. Do not go there to grace. It is these same people. Now, if that committee was set by the government, the government has the power to enforce the recommendation of that committee. What are we saying? Now, we've seen, the, we've seen ENSA's uh, panel report now, being discredited like, at the moment. Concern, because willingly, you see, a lot of people obey certain rules because there is punishment. Willingly, left mm. to us as human beings, we just want to move like free air. So, on their own, they are not going to back down. But if you have set a committee to say, 
avoid these areas, what is the sanction that you are going to apply if they, they, do they not. flaunt mm. that? That has not been put in place. Shortly after the Jebu attack, I went to Jebu. I saw, you need to see, you, I, as I'm speaking to you now, there are a lot of people who farmed their land, those that were able to farm their land that did not have any harvest. Hmm. They, were, they were not able to have any harvest because Fulani would bring their cow, enter right into the farm. For a few people that were able to harvest, you need to see the way people were rushing to harvest whatever was left on the farm. Because if you allow your neighbors by the left and the right to finish harvesting and you are standing alone, forget about harvest. Hmm. They will swamp into it like locusts and eat everything that is there. Now to make matters worse, the few people that were again able to harvest have stored their food in, but already we are projecting Although God is ultimate, but we are projecting that by next year, the hunger we are feeling now is nothing. This mm. is a dress rehearsal for mm. the real thing. I mean, when you go, when I'm, when I'm leaving work for home, I mean, the Miango women are all over state locals, federal locals, you know, sometimes they would say, I, but Busu, I, Sunje, Gona, Sunchire. Yes, I, re- I remember year. one time Nobody. there was no carrots, there was no cabbage for like almost three, and four, five days, and this is just. This is just. Yeah. Do you understand? Mm. So the issue now is that because. Because we are projecting that we are just doing a dress rehearsal on the hunger, you know, <laughs> thing this year. Well, it's like we're waiting for it to happen. And then the few people that were able to have just a little in their ban, this food were completely destroyed hmm. in the 26th attack. So you are not just, the attack is from different angles. You kill, you maim, you injure, and then you render them hungry. Hmm. It is too much. Well, I hope the security forces are listening. And of course, if they want to respond to all of this, uh, I am open for that. The program is Let's Talk. You have been hearing the voice of Deborah Manasseh Esquire, Dr. Daniel Meshak, who uh, initially at the introduction threw some light uh, on the new virus Omicron. And also we, I have with me Mr. Davison Mallison, the National Publicity Secretary of Irigui Development Association. And uh, also in the news, in a bid to mitigate the impact of fuel subsidy uh, by uh, 2022, Two, the Nigerian government is pledging to pay 5,000 naira monthly to about 30 to 40 million poor Nigerians for transportation. Uh, and it's designed to safeguard uh, the poor, the middle class households uh, after the removal of fuel subsidy next year. And they're also optimistic that the PIA, uh, the completion uh, and coming of about three private refineries uh, under construction in 2023, among others, will boost the nation's economy. Uh, other than uh, fully removing the fuel subsidy, the World Bank is prescribing in fact, even uh, more tough economic policies that must be taken by Nigeria if it hopes to fix its revenue problem. Uh, the status quo everyone has understood is unsustainable. and uh, It's a Nigerian conversation that requires everyone uh, to participate in. We also saw the jailbreak that took place in just, just yesterday. Let's talk 90 places, 990-988-488-48. I told you there is a lot for you to contribute on, on the program this morning. Let's talk issues that affect Nigeria. Hello, good morning. Good morning to you. Welcome. Yeah, well done, Lady Zoe. I'm gentle. So I'm glad to have you. Let's talk, gentle. Thank you very much. Yes, of what is happening in our dear state, Plateau State, is unfortunate. But I will say that uh, it's not just uh, only Miangu or Jebubasa. Not like that. If we can remember what is happening sometimes ago, a student from Plateau State, uh, my University of Madugri, was executed by one 
eight-year-old Boko Haram um, kind of um, uh, criminal as of that time. We heard what was said by Boko Haram. So what I'm saying is that the people of Plateau State, Plateau Man and Plateau Woman, have to come together. You understand? You understand? Because of what Boko Haram said at that very particular time, when this boy, oh, I think he's from, he's from local government, when he was ex- executed, and what Boko Haram said, that they are already... Thank you, gentle from, from Tudum, from, uh, Tudum Wada. Hello, good morning. Zero nine zero five five six in four places nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. Don't forget, you can also find us on Facebook dot com forward slash JFM Joss. Good morning. Good morning, Zui. Welcome. Let's speak. Let's talk. My sister, what happened yesterday? Honestly speaking, is a very very sad news on platform. If a prison center. With friends uh, with DSS, area command, a division, Plateau State headquarters, all the security apparatus on Plateau that are made up to be a very big security system were there. This kind of thing happened. If you go to uh, uh, the other side, the sector of uh, Operation Seven idea. They cannot contend with these these hoodlums. Uh, we show that uh, people of everywhere that are in the studio there, uh, they they are crying. The government or they can never hurt them. Uh, this kind of thing happened in the heartbeat of the state. Without any, they say now they say that uh, they surround the the hoodlums. Are they still inside the prison or have they left the prison? It's a million dollar question. They have to answer each and one of. Let us know what is actually Thank you, Mr. Jude Sad from Unity Junction. 090-556 in four places, 99. Well, like I said, the PPRO for the prisons was supposed to be uh, on the program via phone call, but unfortunately, he backed out last minute, saying that he was busy and they're about to Hello. do the head count. Hello, good, good morning. morning. Welcome. Hello, can you hear morning. me? Good morning. Please go ahead. There is no time. Your name and your location. I'm Benga. Where are you calling from? Yeah. yeah. Okay, please go ahead with your contribution. Uh, you see, the, we ha- this is a chorus that we have been talking right from the inception of this government. If I can remember, people that are in the system of this government are the same people that, you know, we are blaming uh, the previous government. And see it, it's, we are seeing the worst of than that of the previous. If this government will not come out to tell us the sponsor of this insecurity day by day within their system of their government, I'm telling you, we have not seen anything yet. We will continue to be talking, talking, unless the day that the government brings out people, you know, that are part of this insecurity within, because they are there. This thing will not be happening without the hands of the people within the government. It will never. So you feel that the government is complicit in some way? Hello? All right. Thank you for your contribution. 090-556 in four places, 99. And also 90 These are the numbers you can call to contribute on the program. Good morning. Hello, good morning. Welcome, your name and your location. 
Thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Kumar. I'm calling from TNT. Let's talk. Speak to me. Yes, I, I want to comment to guests. They have spoken well. And secondly, I want to condemn the attack that happened in Ireland. It's very, very unfortunate. But my question is that why is this, this problem only with Erugay in Plateau State? Is there not any understanding between them and the uh, Fulanis or the unknown government? And the second issue is that we don't know what is happening, but all these attacks by this time could have been solved by this time because the government have been experiencing all these kind of attacks. And we have a peace concert uh, with, with the people in that community. And we see the attack is again coming up. So it's something that by this time it has been ended. And in terms of reprisal, because all this thing is caused by reprisal attack due to the injustice that has been happening. And the, like, the issue of this open grazing, by this time the Plateau government could have settled the issue of uh, open grazing. We have another thing. Because uh, the issue of ranching, we cannot say that because we are in Plateau State, we cannot open ranching because we are not headers. Uh, uh, no, that one, when we are saying ranching, anybody that comes into land for, 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 for. We are saying ranching is a solution. Yes. Open grazing should be banned. Yes, the ranching is a solution. Open grazing should be banned. There is a certain place that if you give it to the, the, the flood, if they achieve that thing, that means it's their problem. And then the government should deal with them accordingly. But there's no how we can say that we cannot live with one another. Living with one another is compulsory, and understanding each other is compulsory. So are you going to live with someone by force? No, it's not by force, but as Nigeria is concerned, we cannot, it's not all the Fulani that are bad. They are the ones that are good. But there is a really, just like that, they cannot just uh, carry an attack. And just like that... Okay, so you're saying that as far as you're concerned, there are pr- there's probably some underlying reason why these attacks are being carried out. Then you ask yourself, do the Fulanis believe in the law and the constitution of Nigeria? Why don't they go to report uh, these attackers, whether Fulani or not? Why don't they go to report when there is an issue or there is any altercation? Yes, that's that the issue of the injustice that I'm talking about. Because there is a, a conspiracy that if they report the issue, there is no justice that is attacking, is, is coming out. And the people that they attack, there is no justice that is done. Just to say that you don't have to, to deal with any crime, irrespective of every language. If a crime is reported, then the government should deal with it very, very seriously. There is no any favor. That's Thank you very much, Sadiq Kumar from TTNT Junction. Let's get back to the conversation. Uh, very dicey one, as it turns out. Uh, we have looked at uh, the gunmen that attacked just yesterday, the correctional center. This is the second attack on the facility in less than six months. And uh, meanwhile, also 10 people were killed, 30 houses burnt in a fresh attack at Tegbe District of Basa local government area. Uh, media souls uh, continue to rest in peace and may uh, justice be served. Uh, and aside that, uh, South <coughs> Africa, the Omicron COVID-19 variant has been reported in Netherlands, Denmark and Australia amidst travel restrictions. Uh, we want to know your thoughts on this issue. So let's get back to you again, uh, uh, Dr. Meshak. Um, I, I know that uh, you know the political workings of the society as well, and you've heard uh, from Nigerians, you've heard from the guests in the studio, uh, Mr. Mallison, and uh, also the legal angle from Debra Manasseh. So let's begin to round up uh, our thoughts now on these issues. And we've also talked about the 5,000 Naira palliative the government is planning uh, to give Nigerians the 
core of the poor to mitigate uh, the hardship that will come with the removal of fuel subsidy come 2023. Uh, many are asking if we're just being optimistic or realistic at this time. Can we sustain it? Was this even captured in the budget? All of these questions and more. But let's talk about the issues at home, most importantly. Okay. Um, for me, uh, I think that all these issues that we're seeing is just um, a symptom of the failure of uh, governance on a general uh, level. Um, because the primary reason government exists is to provide security and welfare. And when they have failed in providing that, then they have failed. And unfortunately, it seems like in Nigeria, our political culture does not provide for how do we punish people who have failed in their responsibility? People have taken oath to serve us in government. They have continually failed. How do we make them, you know, to, to, to step aside and allow other people in climes whereby lives are valued? By now, many people will have resigned and mm. allow other people to take over if you think you've tried your best and the solutions mm. are not forthcoming. And then I have another concern with people in government. A lot of times you see people in government acting so that people will say they are working. But when you now critically look at them, you will not realize that they are not committed to ensuring that there is truly that uh, uh, change or that intervention is done so that you will see those desired uh, changes. I remember that government has set up agencies and the rest. And one of the things they talk about is that they want to uh, create a system, early warning systems, whereby when they see some, some signs you know, coming up, they will not be proactive in, so that we will not be able to arrest or mitigate some of these. But right now, all that we see is a reactionary approach to mm. governance. The issue in the prison is just a reflection of the failure of government. See, this is not the first time prisons have been attacked in Nigeria. By no. now, I will have thought that every prison in Nigeria will know that up. they are a target. Mm. And by now, they will have come up with a response plan before it even happens. So that when you, and if you have been practicing, you will know that all that you need to do is just to activate that protocol. And you will see that the response will be massive, will be holistic, and... I'm telling you, it will be successful. But we keep reacting to things. People in government, all that people care about is how to take money, squander it. But they're not interested well, in seeing this. Well, at this point, you won't even have the security to go enjoy the money as yeah. the way it's, it's that, panning that, that, out. That, that, that's all right, Mr. Madison, let's get your last words. Yeah, uh, I want to correct one impression uh, here. You said uh, uh, 30 houses were burnt down. That is purely a statement as released by a police command. Mm. The houses that were burnt down are 114 houses, oh not mm. 30, as uh, claimed by the police. Uh, on that, I, I want to say it is high time that we begin to treat issues the way they are supposed to. Uh, not everything should be politicized. Politics is good. But let us know that issues that have to do with life are not really politicized. Like he rightly pointed out, every government, sitting government, the sole and cardinal responsibility is the protection of lives and property of its citizenry. So when this totally failed, it means there is nothing to celebrate. So I, I want to call that there should be a proactive measure rather than uh, reactive uh, measures. And then I also want to say it is high time that 
the perpetrators should be called by their names. I want to say this on a louder form. The perpetrators should be called by their names. There are evidences. This thing is not only happening in Rigueland. It's not only happening in Platy State. It's all over. Recently, we heard a court declared bandits as a terrorist group. Mm. The next should be Fulani. Global terrorist index and named them as the fourth deadliest terrorist group after after ISIS, uh, ISWAP, and Boko Haram. So what are we waiting for here? The activities have proven that these people are nothing less than terrorists. So that name, that identity should be approved to them. Hmm. Well, um, with the argument concerning um, 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 prescribing bandits as, as terrorists and otherwise having um, IPOB uh, being proscribed while the bandits are still not yet proscribed, one uh, uh, information I got or one, it's one perspective was that um, t bandits do not have a base, they do not have a structure and that before you proscribe any group as a terrorist, they must have a head, they must have a structure. IPOB has that and that is why they fell into that list but as for bandits they are all over the place their activities have proven and uh, recently in Kaduna they said they killed uh, 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 somebody one of their leaders how did they get to know that he was their leaders they don't have a structure how are they operating hmm. all right last words from you Deborah Manasseh Esquire okay um I want to start with the the just prison break attempt. I, I do not know if um, if we we don't have enough information to work with as it is because they are still processing the the whole attack to mm. understand if lives were lost. We've not heard if any life was lost, but I want to say that in Nigeria, just just a little backwards to 2012. We have had several prison breaks all around the country. We have had prisoners escaping and they have never been found. We have had uh, security people killed at the point of prison breaks. And most of these prison breaks, most of them are perpetrated by Boko Haram to free some of their men. Now, if that is the case, I would have thought that you would read a pattern when you read a pattern, you should, wait, the moment you read a pattern, you should be able to understand that so 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 and so 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 point are point of possible attack. Now, the moment I saw on Facebook that Just Prison was under attack, the first questions I asked were this one, with DSS office there, area command there, mm -hmm. police headquarters there, A division there, Operation Safe Heaven headquarters is in. Hill station. Yeah. So with all of I now asked what which other security operatives are left out? Because they surround the entire place. Now how come we never saw nobody saw them coming? But they came in their number. No like nobody saw them coming. It was just an attack like they came from heaven. I think we were relaxed security-wise for no one to have detected. Not that they were intercepted, but no, the prison break had already happened. Now, like someone rightly said when they called, now that they, from what we also got last night, is that they were surrounded. Now, if they were surrounded, we want to know if they are in the prison. 
we are hoping that this headcount they are going to do will provide us with some answers mm. because seriously we need answers but one would have even thought yesterday would have been the ideal time for this headcount because exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> you if you allow if you allow a little time to pass a whole lot can happen within a very short while now one of the things i have noticed in all the prison breaks in nigeria is that not not a single perpetrator has ever hmm. been caught no investigation is launched after those attacks. It seems like we just say, oh, well, we thank God we have minimal casualties. Oh, let's dust the books, close them, and then case closed. We never go after to look at what are the variables that contribute to this kind of abnormal behavior in the society. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Lalong condemns attack on Just Correctional Center, praises gallantry of security forces. Uh, is another news that's just breaking now. I'm afraid this is all the time that we can spare on this program this Monday morning. Hoping we have given you some good information, education and entertainment on the morning, Jay. Uh, this beautiful Monday morning. Do stay tuned. Uh, Jay Spots, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, News Top of the Hour comes up next and after that the Midday Show with Ogidigbo. It has been an interesting morning uh, with you, my guest in the studio, uh, Dr. Daniel Mensha, consultant, family physician and former NMA chairman, Plateau State Chapter. Thank you for your time this morning You're and welcome. also to you, Mr. Mallison Davidson, uh, the, P the press secretary, the PRO for Irigwe uh, Development Association, and also to you, Deborah Manasseh Esquire. Thank you so much for your input. Thank Do stay you. tuned. Keep listening. More programs coming your way on J101.9 FM. I am Zoe Machunga. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcasts.